episode 23, chapter 3 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Christine Sign is the founder and facilitator for Godspace, which grew out of her passion for creative spirituality, gardening, and sustainability. Together with her husband, Tom, she is also co-founder of Mustard Seed Associates. She describes herself as a contemplative activist, passionate gardener, author, and liturgist. She loves messing with church traditions and inspiring followers of Jesus to develop creative approaches to spirituality that intertwine the sacred through all of life. Christine is inspired by Celtic Christian spirituality, which has opened her eyes to the God who is present in every moment every experience, and every place. Her book, The Gift of Wonder, Creative Practices for Delighting in God, is a great tool for learning to connect with what God is doing in the everyday moments of your day. In a former life, Christine trained as a physician in Australia, practiced in New Zealand, and developed and directed the healthcare ministry for Mercy Ships. She no longer practices medicine, but delights in guiding people towards the health and wholeness of God's new world. Do you remember waking up as a kid to get ready for school? You probably don't describe those mornings and getting ready for school as something you were excited for. Practices like that aren't typically fun, especially when you've done them over and over again for 12 years. Now think of what it was like waking up on a weekend. The whole world was ahead of you, and you had the freedom to enjoy cartoons, riding your bike with friends, or trips to a friend's house for a weekend-long session on your Super Nintendo. Those things were fun. You couldn't wait to get out of bed to do those things on a weekend. Spiritual disciplines over time can start to feel like waking up for school on a weekday. But in this chapter, Christine talks about some of the ways spiritual disciplines are meant to restore and transform us. They can be life-giving practices. And God gives us the creative freedom to have fun with them as we work to grow daily to become more like Him. Let's shift, uh, shift directions a little bit and talk about some spiritual disciplines. Um, in your book, you talk about two types of spiritual practices, those that restore and those that transform. Uh, how do those two types of spiritual practices help us develop and, and uh, develop our delight in God? Well, um, as I mentioned, strangely enough, it was an anthropologist that introduced me to these two concepts. Uh, from work that he did working with primitive tribes uh, in Central and South America. And the restorative practices are the ones that we do on a daily basis, like daily prayer uh, or daily scripture reading, that really restore our sense of belief uh, in the things that are important to us. You know, going to church on Sunday hopefully restores our sense of the importance of who God is and the things that we need to do. The transformative practices are the ones that we do less frequently that basically say, you know, we need to have something. We we don't want to stagnate in our practices because, you know, if we are indeed growing in God, then, um, you know, the practices that um, were really important to us when we were new Christians probably aren't the practices that we need, at least not in exactly the same form. Um, that we need when we have been Christians for a number of years. Uh, 
Um, and so we need transformative practices. These might be going on retreat. Uh, they might be um, uh, something like going on retreat or in a liturgical church, something like Advent, the season of Advent and the season of Lent tend to be, you know, or they're meant to be transformative practices that say to us, hey, there are things in my life that need to change and I'm going to get myself ready for this next season by giving myself space and time to focus on these things to change. So I think that God delights uh, in those kinds of practices. Uh, you know, firstly, the restorative practices, I think God does want us to uh, be sitting in the presence of God every day. Um, now, I probably tended to uh, look a little differently at what that means now than I would have, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. Um, as you read in the book, I've, I've kind of dabbled in such things as painting on rocks <laughs> as mm -hmm. a form of spiritual practice. You I mean, mentioned it once or twice in the book. <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, and I think partly because it took me by surprise you know, that this is something that could give me a sense of connectedness to God uh, really did take me by surprise. You know, that these kinds of things that seem so outside of what we would normally think of as a spiritual practice can give us a sense of connectedness to God uh, was <laughs> yeah, mind blowing in some ways to me. Um, and, you, you know, and that may not appeal to somebody. Uh, I also make contemplative gardens. You know, I'm a very keen gardener. Uh, both outside and inside. Um, you know, making contemplative gardens is something that's become very important to me. And, and I'll usually choose a theme uh, and then put together a garden as a focus. And I'll put that on my desk. Somebody asked me the other day how many houseplants I had. And I said, too many to count, <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably well over 100. And so I make these gardens, particularly for different seasons, you know, I'll think about what do I want to focus on? over the coming season, like um, last year, um, I decided to add a season uh, to my calendar, a gratitude season of about six weeks uh, leading up to Thanksgiving. Um, and so I decided I wanted to create a garden. Uh, and so I, I went to Goodwill. I found this fruit bowl that had a banana hook on it. Um, and I planted the bowl uh, with succulents, uh, and then I did painted two rocks, <laughs> one of which said gratitude, and the other said my cup overflows. And then from the hook, I hung a cup that I put um, a, a trailing plant in that flowed over the rest of the garden so that it was truly my cup overflows. And uh, so that became a focus, a very meaningful focus for me. So it had been a spiritual practice putting it together, and then it became a focus for further kind of spiritual uh, expression over the next six weeks. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. And, and I've done that for different um, different times of the year. I'm actually working on one for the summer at the moment on hospitality um, and, and so, you know, there is that wonderful experience of, of thinking about um, what I, I, you know, what, what is the theme that I want to focus on? What are the scriptures I want to use? Uh, and then, you know, how do I express that in a way that I have a, a focus for me to come back to day and day? 
Yeah, so this is what's so revolutionary to me is this idea of just taking either normal everyday activities or, or, or maybe some of the normal everyday spiritual disciplines that we practice and putting a very creative spin on them. Because I kind of feel like when I practice the spiritual disciplines, like I need a textbook or I need a manual that tells me <laughs> exactly, look, I go step one, step two, step three, step four. And I've practiced them for so long that way that, I mean, it feels natural and it feels good. And I, there's a certain level of delight in that. But what I love about your book and what you're saying here is that you give permission to explore whole new areas and new realms and ways of, of approaching these. Like, like one of the things I wrote here is like, you know, we don't usually think about having fun with our spiritual practices like, <laughs> because prayer and Bible reading, they're like, they're serious activities that we should approach with a certain level of reverence and uh-huh. seriousness. But is it really irreverent to have fun with our spiritual practices? Like, can't we seriously approach our spiritual practices and have fun with them at the same time? I certainly think so. In fact, to me, it's it's be made it a more reverent experience. Uh, it's certainly drawn me closer to God. I mean, I think uh, over the last five years or more since I've explored some of these kinds of practices, my relationship to God has been so enriched and continues to be enriched in ways that that I never anticipated. You know. Um, it, it's it is it's awe inspiring. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it 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 is, and I think that part of it is because God says, "Oh, finally you've discovered, I delight in you, you know, and I want you to delight in me." I and and I do think that's part of it um, that we we forget about. <laughs> yeah, we do, and, and and there's so many opportunities. That's why I do recommend people go out and get your book because. Um, like if you're not used to thinking this way, it's, it's probably pretty hard just to start being creative. I mean, being creative is a skill. And so you have very many, you know, rock painting is one and and this whole garden making thing is, is one that I'm really fascinated with now. And I can't wait to practice. I used to work landscaping and I, I used to like keep gardens. And so I've kind of always wanted to do a garden, but I've never lived in a house that I've owned now, like being married and having kids. And so like, I've never thought about, Oh, I could just do an indoor garden or uh-huh. something that's that's much smaller. I did keep a bonsai tree for for a period, and so that was part of my morning ritual. Is I would go out and I would water the bonsai tree, and I would sit and contemplate and and have a really nice moment. But I've never I've never connected that until this moment. So and well, isn't it a shame that we haven't been taught to connect these things to our relationship with God? I, you know, to me, that's the big tragedy of this. No, you're right. The other tragedy is that there, these spiritual disciplines and the ways that we're taught them are isolating. They 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 pull us away, and, and and sometimes that's a really good thing. I mean, there there is a a moment and a time for us to be alone and in contemplation with God. But the other thing that I think these creative practices do that you have demonstrated so well is they actually allow us to invite others in. Like we get to participate with others in these creative practices as well. It's, it's like at the end of each chapter, you have a practice that you give, but then you go a step further and you give a practice that you can do with the group. And so I love that idea that we can uh, bring other people into these practices. And, and so we're not just struggling on our own, but we can then collaborate as we learn to enjoy God together. Well, yeah. and it's true. And I'm finding a lot of people are using uh, the book for group study. Um, you know, for for book clubs, group study, retreats, and, you know, really enjoying that enrichment of doing some of the practices together. 
uh, it's been fun to see some of the um, photos that people have been uh, sending me about what they're doing and uh, just watching the responses that they're having to things. How has that played out in your own life for inviting others into uh, these group spiritual practices? H- have you found that that is freeing for them? And then how has that sort of changed your own um, mindset or, or different reflections? How has that influenced your reflections on those practices and maybe ways that you didn't think were going to happen? It, it's very freeing for them. You know, I, I just did a workshop last week with uh, a group of, of women who obviously were u- used to basically just having somebody lecture to them, <laughs> I suppose you could say, without with very little interaction. And as the day went by, you could just see them come to life you know, and um, enjoy the practices that we're doing and the opportunities that they were getting. Uh, And not just come to life, but start to interact with each other in ways that they hadn't done before. I mean, I've I've sometimes uh, watched the dynamics as as people start to share uh, (laughs) with great vulnerability about their lives, you know, as a result of these kinds of practices. And and it's not surprising because... um, Clinical psychologists have known for a long time, you know, that these kinds of practices, though they wouldn't call them spiritual practices, can often help people find healing um, and, and in group practice and things like that. So I think that this is part of what, um, um, you know, I've been able, some of the dimensions that I've been able to bring to the, uh, the workshops and retreats and things like that that I do. If you find yourself struggling to practice the spiritual disciplines, I hope this chapter has given you some ideas about how to liven them up. Although we are engaged in the serious matter of growing in Christ, we don't have to take ourselves too seriously. God wants us to delight in His presence by having fun. So have fun with the spiritual disciplines. Go on a nature hike while you pray. Draw a picture or open a coloring book while you meditate on a scripture. Paint a picture while you listen to scripture or go for a run. Take a nap in the middle of the day because you trust that God's got the rest of it. There are so many ways to be creative with the spiritual disciplines, and I want to give you permission to practice them in a way you've never thought about. So put your God-given creative juices to work and start having fun with him. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship, and the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Christine and her work, check out GodSpaceLight.com. 
Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Christine tells us how we can delight in God, even in the midst of suffering. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.